It's hard to have motivation to do anything at all. You like, you will lay there and you'll say, I just want to sleep. I just want to lay here. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to do my hair. I don't even want to brush my teeth. I don't want to eat any food. Or if I do eat food, it's going to be something that's completely, you know, horrible for me. And it's not going to be nutritious. And then I'm going to feel even worse after that. And when it comes to the kids, are you just sort of forcing yourself to force, just Mm -hmm. forcing yourself to do everything? And I had anger. I had a lot of anger with having to do things. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I am Matt. I'm Paige. Started off with a little plug here. Uh, if you notice, if you're watching us on YouTube, got on our new merch. Yeah. Long time, long time coming. It's been forever because we've been super picky about it, but we've got merch available on our website, tufo.com. Um, we've got a few sweatshirts up there, limited run. There's not a whole lot of them available. Get them while they're hot. We've also got a bunch of stickers, and I would say we've got safely plenty of stickers. Yeah. Just I know, love stickers. Completely I love stickers. ice out your water bottle like Paige's got <laughs> done over here. Some more stickers than that thing you can shake a stick at. I want more. But if you're a fan of the show, a fan of the podcast, if you'd like to support us, it's a great way to do it. Grab a couple stickers. And if you do... If you get a sweatshirt or a sticker, we would love to see these things in action. So tag us, mention us. We would love to repost it and show everyone how awesome you, you know I've worn this things. shirt like four days in a row now. It's solid, man. But I take it, it off up. and on, off and on, because I don't, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I don't like to wash my clothes every time I wear them. You want to know my, so um, this is dirty. One of my secret shames. What? If I buy a sweatshirt and the first time I wear it, I'm just feeling myself like i really like the way this thing fits and looks i i, I just love it i will not wash it i, I have a sweatshirt true. in my closet that is about four or five years old and it's never been washed she's just blinking at me all what <laughs> yeah kid you not which one i'm not telling you bullshit yeah is it hanging yeah it's hanging and i've only worn it a few times because i love it so much i'm like i just want it to stay this way forever because i know as soon as i wash it it's going to get destroyed cuz i'm a terrible washer it has nothing to do with you it's yes, just it is. it's just what what washing will do to a perfectly like balanced sweatshirt but these wash awesome that's what i was going to say so <laughs> we've owned these very sweatshirts for years now and they've been through the wash they've been abused and worn not and, these specific ones but the brand yeah the brand one of those deals where like you fought, you come across the perfect sweatshirt. This was years ago. I think, I don't even think we started the podcast yet. Uh-uh. I was like, if we ever get merch, it's going on these. Yeah. And so we did. Yeah. So you're anyway. buying a- <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Uh, also it is beginning of the year. Um, uh, and we're going to talk about, it's still the beginning of the year. We're a week into this. Brand oh my new gosh. Year. I feel like it's almost February or something. We're still early in this thing. Okay. It's brand new. I don't, the holidays throw your whole brain off. Our, our topic today is going to be self-care. But along those lines, it's the beginning of... The, it's January, right? Everyone's looking to make some changes in your life. You've heard us mention it before, and we're not going to stop because we believe in the effectiveness of our new course. You can find out more by going to our website or going to independentlystrong.com. It is comprehensive. It is research back, designed by a professional therapist, also has the real world experience of two people that have walked through this and walked others through it. It is amazing. I can't say enough about it. Wheelies get a discount. Wheelies 75. You can get 75% off for a limited time. I don't know how much longer we're going to keep it that way, Mm -hmm. but it's amazing. Some of the reviews that are coming back from some of the first students that have gone through the course, it's phenomenal. I mean, it literally had us in tears. Yeah. 
because you think, okay, we, we believe this is great. And then to hear it from other people and to hear how change life changing it has been, is just, it's, it's amazing Yeah, here to hear people say that they could have saved, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars and years in therapy. If something like this would have been around, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it, that's exactly what we're after. Yep. It's exactly what we're after trying to help people. It's life changing. So yeah. let's get started today talking about self-care. This mm-hmm. is a topic that I feel is so generic yeah. that we've almost lost we've almost lost the meaning of the word in, in, in as, as a whole. Like what is self-care? Yes. People use it vaguely, I think, and it's used a lot to cover basically anything. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get a little more specific about it and we're going to talk about gentle self-care. This yeah. is our version of self-care. Well, yeah. And it's like, I know a lot of you who listen um, might be in survival mode and you might be struggling really hard and you're thinking, you see all this stuff online that says new year, new me. And it's like, how how do I do this? How do I make a routine when I'm just trying to freaking get out of bed? You know, and I, I've I've been there. I want you all to know that I've been there. I know the feeling. I know how difficult it is to take care of yourself when you're just trying to survive. And we're going to help you get started on that today. Survival mode is something that I hear mentioned a lot. Like people are like, I'm just in survival mode. What does survival mode look like? What does it look like for you? And what do you, how do you generally see this play out? Like you're Oh, for me, like I was depressed. I had anxiety. I had panic attacks. And the, my survival mode was just literally um, waking up and being able to feed my children and clothe my children. There was no, you know, like there wasn't emotional connection very much. There wasn't anything like that. I wasn't taking care of myself physically or emotionally. Like I, survival in survival mode is really just when you're constantly triggered. Is, is it also sort of a state of mind where each day runs into the next and you can't remember what day it is? It's almost like a depression, right? Yeah. Depression was in there. Yeah. Depression's part of it yes. for most people. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. I've, I've been in survival mode, but it was a little different Yeah. for you. It, I think it's much more common for especially like young mothers to go through this. Yes. Those who have children um, and you have somebody who's struggling, if your partner is struggling with an addiction or alcoholism and you have children, like you're having to take care of yourself, your children and your partner, like it's a lot of on your mental load, on your mental health. I'm going to derail this for just one second okay. and shout out all the moms out there. That's awesome. Fathers too that are really involved. Yes. Oh yeah. There's some dads that go through this too. Oh yeah. Recently I was able to take some time off of work about, I think I was about 45 days that I was out Okay. and I was home with Mm -hmm. you this entire time. And I, our kids just so happened to get sick and go on Christmas break and Thanksgiving break during this time. So they were home the majority of this. Yes. And they're at ages now that are pretty easy. They're pretty independent. They, if they're hungry, make yourself some ramen noodles. You right. Know? Like they right. can do that kind of stuff yeah. now. But I would have these moments of reflection when I was sitting there thinking what it must be like for a mother on any given day with all this going on to wake up and to have not just their self to take care of, which often comes second or last, which we're going to talk about more, but mm-hmm. the emotional labor that is associated with all the decisions that have to be made on any given day. I am a like our our marriage has operated where I've been the one that that goes to work. Paige's Paige worked. Don't get me wrong, she works works her ass off. But I have the traditional like go to work from like 
nine to five type deal, come home and you're at home dealing with the kids stuff as well as all the other stuff we have going on. Uh-huh. And it's, it's easy to get detached from what it takes to run a home yeah. and what it takes. And I, I, women have been, you know, screaming about this for years and rightfully so like, listen to us. Like this is getting crazy. This is a lot. Mm-hmm. And it is because there are day like days where like today from three o'clock, three thirty to five o'clock, we didn't have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Like I was just kind of chatting with people and kind of hanging out. We'd have funny at conversations. Yeah. Okay. At work, at my job. Yeah. yeah. You don't get any of that here. No. Any of it. No. There's always something that needs to be done. Yes. Someone that needs your attention. Mm-hmm. Something that some chore of some sort. Like mm-hmm. laundry is the devil. Yeah. It never stops. It never stops. <laughs> the hell's with that, man. We have piles outside our office right now. Our studio. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can see it out there. <laughs> They're out there. But yeah. It's just, it's nonstop. And I, I just want to shout out all the moms that are not just out there in healthy relationships doing doing the thing, but the ones especially that are in this doing it. Yeah. Like, I got a small taste of what that was like over the course of almost two months. And it, it's a lot like the emotional labor of all the decisions that have to be made and having to know where everything is and what time everything starts and when you got to pick people up and uh, the kids got their own lives. They got their own stuff going on. They need to, they need to vent. They have, you know, going through puberty and like, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on here. Why do you, why do you give me that look? I just don't like it when you throw that out there. I don't know why. I went through puberty. You went through puberty. I know. It's you a remember normal what that thing. Was like? I know. I know. Normalize puberty. I get it. I get it. It was crazy. I know. Life's so simple. And then all of a sudden it's like in a the course of a week, everything changes. And all of a sudden, like your emotions are heightened and everything matters. And it, okay. Yeah. Just, we're getting off track. Anyway, I just want to shout the, <laughs> I think that's shout great. Out moms. That's great. So whenever I was in my survival mode, our kids were three and five. Yeah. Yeah. They three were and five, young. three and five. And, um, I, I mean, you were sober, you were working a program, you were doing just fine, but I was not. This was like me when I hit my rock bottom of realizing that I needed help too. And not just, it wasn't just because you got sober, you know, everything was going to be perfect. This is when I realized, oh shit, you know, something's wrong. I got to do something. So I was in survival mode and I had no idea how to take care of myself. I was barely hanging on by a thread. And I don't know a lot of our listeners are out there um, feeling this way right now. And I also want you to know if you're looking at social media and you're seeing a lot of these highlight reels and you're feeling triggered by it, or you feel like you see these people who are working out or they have fit bodies or they look happy and healthy and it's triggering for you, you're not alone. It's okay. I've been there before. And I'm in a totally different place now. And I want you to know that there's hope at the end of this. <laughs> there is. There is. You know, I was just thinking about this. When I got sober, I think if it did anything at all, it sort of delayed what was already happening. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in active addiction, you were still in survival mode. You were in yes. that place. Yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Maybe even worse. Mm-hmm. And then I got sober and it's almost like it was like a Band-Aid. In a lot of ways, because it was never really addressed. Mm-hmm. And then it just came back to haunt you. It mm-hmm. never really. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. You okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know why that hit me so hard. Yeah. So when you were in active addiction, I was in survival mode then too. Um, but I didn't realize how bad it was. I was just detaching from it all. Yeah, it was really tough. I mean, you're 
And then when you got sober, it was kind of like a Band-Aid. It like was a Band-Aid. Oh, and I was like, everything's, everything's okay. Better. And I'm and like, can... but I knew deep down that something wasn't right. Yeah, like you could tell yourself that, but it wasn't really okay. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, everything's going to be great. And then a few years later, like, no, then I really hit a rock bottom. Yeah, it's like that old saying, emotions buried, alive, never die. <laughs> yeah, I just never heard you say that out loud. That's all. Maybe I have. I just hit me differently. So, okay, let's get back into this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is always okay to cry. I know that's the Always. people. That's that one thing. That's the codependent in me saying I'm sorry for having emotions. <laughs> Never apologize for having emotions. <laughs> All right. Okay. So if y'all had to take a break for a moment, that's okay. Like, what's um, going on on the other side of this microphone? Yeah, people crazy. In the car, like, what just crazy. happened? Okay, what just happened was we were talking, and then Paige had an emotional reaction <clears throat> to what we were talking about. Yeah, which is normal. We're talking about heavy stuff here. Yeah. I think that a lot of listeners have probably had moments where they were cleaning or something like that and we've said something and it did the same thing to them. Yeah. Totally relatable yeah. and okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, when I hit rock bottom, I just, I knew that something had to change. So it's really hard to make life-changing decisions when you're in survival mode, but you hit a point. You hit a point where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Something has to be done. I have to be there for my family. I need to be there for myself. What the f- do I do? Yeah. Did you get to a place where you were just, you finally just said like F it? I like, did. I did. I think I read something on depression. And this is when I first learned about neuroplasticity. First time I ever heard about that, where it's like, okay, you can rewire your brain with new habits. Um, and, it can help you get out of your funk. And I was like, I don't know why I remember that, but I just, it clicked for me. It was like, okay, I've got to do something. And then obviously you told me I have to get do something or you're going to leave me with the kids. It's not the way it went <laughs> down. God, you always make that sound so bad. I don't, it's not a bad thing. I told you that you saved me when you did that. It seems like such an audacious thing for me to ask of someone considering what I did. It doesn't matter. It's because you knew how to set boundaries better than I did in our marriage. And I think that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I learned something from it. I like to remember things a little more loving than that. That's it was all. loving. That's all. It was loving. <laughs> that's all. But either way, I decided to take a chance. And I'm going to say the first year of me actually starting to take care of myself was really, really hard. It's not easy. Self-care is not meant to be easy. It is doing the hard thing and having the benefits later on in life. Before we're talking about what the hard things are and like what self-care is, what does it feel like to be in survival mode? And what are some of the habits that someone in survival mode has? Like, what are you doing in survival mode when it comes to neglecting your self-care? Getting up. It's very hard to get out of bed. So it's just tough to get up and have any kind of motivation to mm-hmm. do anything at it's all. It's hard to have motivation to do anything at all. You like you will lay there and you'll say, I just want to sleep. I just want to lay here. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to do my hair. I don't even want to brush my teeth. I don't want to eat any food. Or if I do eat food, it's going to be something that's completely you know, horrible for me. And it's not going to be nutritious. And then I'm going to feel even worse after that. And when it comes to the kids, are you just sort of forcing yourself to? Force just mm-hmm. forcing yourself to do everything. And I had anger. I had a lot of anger with having to do things. So it's it's characterized by forcing yourself to do things that you should be, that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Should say should, but you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then being really quick to indulge in ways that are harmful. Yes. So some people, even for spouses, they could go through bouts of heavy drinking mm-hmm. or drug use. Yep. Or 
binge watching TV or scrolling or any of these things that give us that dopamine kick, yes. junk food, yes. got that Taco Bell, got that McDonald's, McDonald's fries, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you did have to say that, didn't you? Yeah, those you? are her favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if you leave them out, they will look the same like 20 years later. Yeah. It's wild. It's disgusting. Because of the oil or whatever, but yep. still eating them, yo. Yeah. But occasionally occasionally right but anyway so it becomes really easy to neglect your health and to give in to those those cravings and it becomes harder and harder to do the things that you should be doing mm -hmm. and you're literally forcing yourself to put one foot in front of the other yes that's what survival mode feels like yes and it feels like nothing is getting done it feels like everything is just piling on and in those moments it's like it's impossible to think about doing something else even yeah. if you know you need to, it's oh, like, yeah. I can't fathom like getting up tomorrow and exercising. No. <laughs> like this, no that's way. not happening. There's no just way. no way. No. Like I don't have it in me. I don't have the will to get up and do anything like that. No. And there's a feeling in your body that just exhausts you. You just feel exhausted and you feel angry and you feel, sometimes you feel numb too though. And that's another thing. Like you'll get to a place where you just feel nothing and then you just don't want to do anything. You're just like. I'm just existing at this point. Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. It's scary. And I can relate this to being, I've gone through periods of depression in my life outside of addiction. And I, I know what you're describing. Obviously, I haven't been in your position watching someone like me act act the way I did and the abuse that goes along with that. But I know what it's like to feel just hopeless. And the thought of doing something different is scary and would you say it's relatable in some ways? It's almost a comfortable place to be. Yes. It's the familiar. You're, you're familiar with it. And when, when that's scary because you're like, I, I'm just comfortable here, but I'm comfortable in the discomfort. And I've said that multiple times on our podcast about being comfortable in the discomfort. Yeah. Because it's what you know. Yeah. So we're not going to sit here and give you some big rah-rah speech about new year, new you, um, take charge of your life, make drastic changes, do all this stuff like there might be some of that, uh, some hints of it, some undertones of it, if, mm -hmm. if you will. But I think what we've done here is Paige has done an excellent job of setting the stage for what it feels like to be in this position and to understand that you have to start small. Yes. And that it's gentle self-care in the beginning. It is. It's the little things. Right. It's not having a, you know, five task routine every day that's going to completely change your life. It just, it just doesn't work that way. We're going to talk morning routines. Yeah, we can talk about it. I was, uh, I didn't want to jump in if you had already had this outlined, but morning routines for me have become almost a meme from people. Mm -hmm. The morning routines that people will have, it's like, oh, I got up at 4 a.m. and I made myself, you know, I, I squeezed all this fresh juice and I meditated for 45 minutes and then I did yoga for 30 minutes and then I went for a run. Must be nice. I'm like, where do you people find the time for this? <laughs> Is that just stuff that influencers say? I, I, it's their job. They're influencers. It's, they okay. get paid to do that a stuff. A word about influencers and social media yes. is that it is a performance. Right. People say this crap because it's always the most drastic opinions that get the most attention. Yes. And the most the sexiest stuff gets the most attention. Mm -hmm. It's not the stuff like this. Right. So this, I mean, I think, that but there's also the other side of, you know, self-indulgence. There will be a lot of influencers on there that will I was going to say that. that's the other side that's of it. That's the other side. So we meet in the middle. Yeah. Let's be, we meet in the middle. We be real. We're real. 
we were real about this. I had to think. I like seriously just stopped in my tracks for a moment. Um, but yeah, we, we're we going to help you with like just being real about your social, I mean, your your self-care. Like what what is it, what does it look like for somebody who is struggling so hard to do anything? Yeah, we're going to meet you where you're at. Yep. And we're going to talk about things that you're actually capable of doing today. Today. Mm-hmm. We're not going to tell you to start doing back squats at 250. No. Tomorrow, because that's what you should do. Right. No, we're going to start small. Yeah. So I just want to talk about mine, what I did. Let's do that. Let's talk about my self-care. I think that's the best way we my can My self-care this. journey is what it's been six years in the making. And let's say that things did not happen overnight. Yeah. But what happened that started it was the rock bottom and making a decision to change. That's where you got to start. Question. What? Hold your thought. Question about, and I get this question a lot too, about rock bottom. Yes. Is rock bottom necessary in order to make changes? Do you have Mm -hmm. to get there? I don't think so, but I'm not sure because I don't, I don't know. Everybody's rock bottom looks different. Thing about rock bottom is that it's really all about perspective, right? Yeah. It's what your rock bottom is. Exactly. So my answer to this is. Uh, not that anyone asked, but my, my answer to this. You asked that question just so you could answer it. It's kind of. I wanted to give a perspective <laughs> of it because I, and I wanted your opinion on it. But rock bottom is the point at which you decide to stop digging. Yes. I am what is called a high bottom drug addict. Yeah. A high bottom. A low bottom is someone that you, you've probably seen these people. They've They've been to jail multiple times like five six times they've been to you know seven eight rehabs they've they've lost multiple families and jobs and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and then they decide to get sober their bottom is low because they had to experience a ton of consequences these people have really really high pain tolerances Mm -hmm. i have a really really low pain tolerance i don't believe that but okay and so i didn't have to lose everything I didn't have to do everything that people said you have to do. Like mm-hmm. old timers in AA mm-hmm. would tell people, if you still have your watch, you don't belong in here. You're not done yet. They'd say stuff like that. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like if you still have a wristwatch, you don't belong in here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's bull. The way I see it now is that if you're in the seat, you have earned the seat doing right. something. Right. It and means it, you're doing something. Bottom is bottom to you. That's mm-hmm. all I can say is that your rock bottom is whatever you decided to be. It is. You're right. It is a decision we make. Mm-hmm. I made the decision when I got sober that I didn't have to lose it all before I saw that this was not getting any better. Yep. I think what's important, the realization you have at rock bottom is the pattern that exists. And if you can identify the pattern that I'm headed on a downward tra- tra- trajectory, mm-hmm then you just make the reasonable assumption that I'm likely to continue on that same pattern unless I do something different. And that's what gets you out. Yeah. That's the decision you make. Right. So like you were talking about your decision. Do you remember the, like the day that this happened? I don't remember the day. I remember the moment it was in our bedroom and I decided to make a change. I don't, I couldn't tell. I, I remember come the from? moment. It was what I was talking about with the neuroplasticity thing. So you'd read something. I read you something. You just came across something and you're like, Whoa. I came across something and it just changed my perspective on everything. So I just decided to make a change. Something I will say about rock bottom before we move on is a lot of things lead up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, like for, for me, I know for you, you were in the same place. 
it's sort of like your emotions are just swirling around inside of you and you start to, you'll have moments of hope and then it'll be crushed, but then you start to get really hopeful about those small moments of hope. And Mm -hmm. then you, at some point you have this crazy thought that I could do this. Like Why not I, me? I could, I could make the change. Why not me? Mm-hmm. And when that thought happens, if you've had that thought, seize that moment. Yeah. That's crucial. Yeah. It's crucial. Like there's a texture of your mind in that moment. And if you don't act on it, then you're likely not to see it again for quite some time. Right. So just act on it. So you, you read something and it's like, damn, I can do this. Yeah. I'd say that your, your rock bottom is not that it wasn't powerful, but it's like mine. It's kind of a lame story. <laughs> it's like, yay, okay. I mean, for, for every one but of I us, mean, there's like five was, others with like It was the crazy... boundary you set too because I was scared that I was like, oh crap, you know. Like might, this is serious. I might, I might lose my family. Which like is if I don't get my shit together, I might lose my family. Another testament to the power of boundaries and how they can influence people for positive change and protect you. Absolutely. And protect yes. you. Which is what they're really for to protect you. But sometimes they can influence people to make positive changes. Yep. Yep. So my self-care journey started with going to therapy. So that's part of the mental, um, mental self-care. I I was going to say we have five categories of self-care, physical, mental, social, spiritual, and emotional. We dig into those into another part, but I wanted to say that I started with my mental. Um, I started reading a book every morning from change your thoughts, change your life. It's the Tao. And I started journaling every morning. So those were like my three main things that I started doing. And it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like, you know, completely changing my life and changing my routine. It was routine. It was baby steps to take me to the next direction. And if there were times that I felt like, oh, I don't want to do this, I did it anyway because it was still small. It wasn't too big. How much time of your day did this take? Uh, 20 minutes, if that. To journal, to read to a journal verse. and read. Mm-hmm. And then therapy and then I once started, a week. Yeah, and therapy once a week. Yep. And then once I started getting into kind of the groove of that, I started to um, practice meditation. Mm-hmm. And I would do ten minutes of meditation. And meditation was very hard for me, very hard for me because I was I had panic attack. I had panic disorder. And when I would start meditating, I would start breathing and I would start freaking out because I would feel different. I know that sounds so weird and it sounds like, what are you doing? But I've, I've read all about it, that there's a thing that happens when you meditate. If you haven't done it before, or if you've had trauma, um, it's really hard to uh, make your breath. Regulate. Thank you. You knew what I was saying. You read mm-hmm. my mind. I can read your mind. Yeah. So I practiced that and I told myself, okay, you know what? This is, um, this is important. I've read this works, so I'm going to keep doing it. And then a little bit later on, I started on my physical health, just a little bit. I took I, I took the kids to a gym that had a childcare because I needed to take time for myself at the gym and let somebody else take care of my kiddos. Yeah. But I didn't have a set schedule to go. It was just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to try and do this. And I remember I went and worked out and tried to get my endorphins up and it didn't work. And I talked to my therapist about it. I was like, I worked out and I still feel like shit. And she's like, it's just this part of it. It's part of it. I still had to rewire my brain. It wasn't going to happen with one workout. I like how you said you didn't commit to a certain amount of time in the gym no. or a certain amount of days in the gym no. or certain workouts in the gym. You were just like, I'm going to get my body moving on the days that I can get my body moving. Mm-hmm. And that's how it starts. It starts small. 
sort of yes. it's it's like it's sort of like on your own terms in the beginning. It is, and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an important distinction from that and from what Instagram influencer world will tell you, and mm-hmm. that you need this workout program. You mm-hmm. need to, all this crazy food and these supplements and all this stuff. And this, this is, you stick to this every day and you're going to get better. It's like biting off more than you can chew early on. I could not do that until I got my mental health in check. So for you, the, 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 the mental piece came first. Yes. It did for me too. I spent the first year of sobriety Mm -hmm. doing nothing but focusing on my mental health and my spiritual health. Yes. I gained y'all. I gained at least 80 pounds yeah, my you did. first year sober. You did. Funny story. I used to wear Spanx. That's not a joke. <laughs> That's when you decided, oh shit. That was my rock bottom for fitness. I never forget it. Yes. I got so big that I became really self-conscious about my man boobs yeah. and I bought Spanx, which I didn't even know that they made for men, but I was like, oh, this is a game changer, man. Mm-hmm. My chest looks all tight and slim and I can wear these shirts I couldn't wear before. Yeah. And then uh, we were at your parents' house for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to go buy a football jersey, Cowboys jersey. Someone told me today. So they sent me a message. They were like, hey, by the way, the Cowboys, Cowboys suck. suck. Like, I love your podcast, but the Cowboys suck. Yeah, I that thought was, it was hilarious. That was so funny. I just sit back and watch and laugh. It's great. I don't mind it. But anyway, it was in that moment that I was like, I had this like out-of-body experience, and I was like, I just, I just bought Spanx so I could wear a football jersey. I was like, <laughs> I was oh, pregnant with MJ. No, I was like, oh my God. That was Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. It wasn't until March that I really did something about it. But that was the moment that I was like, oh, something has to change. Right, right. Something's got to change. But you got your mental health together first before I had you were to. able to do I that. I had to. And like I've always said, like, you can think yourself into right or you can act yourself into right thinking. You always told me and that. I do believe that. I do mm-hmm. believe that you can act yourself into right thinking. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, there will be days where you your mind is just not cooperating mm-hmm. and you cannot find positivity anywhere you can't find the bright side you can't find gratitude what i learned through the school of hard knocks is that when i forced myself to do the thing i didn't want to do that i was avoiding that suddenly my mind came around and i found the gratitude i found the positive thinking and i found all those things but i think that was at a certain point that i could do that early on i don't think that had been possible no I think it would maybe it would it would have worked temporarily, yeah, but not for a while. I do think that you have to get your mind right, mm-hmm. and then you the body comes after that. Yeah, but I did still work on my body while I was working on my mental piece, but it wasn't balls to the wall, you know. You're it making wasn't, small changes. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I wasn't trying to get fit. I was just trying to do it for my mental health. You know, I was just trying to get my body moving. I would even take the kids for a walk in the stroller, you know, simple things like that, just to, to, to do something. And it, like I said, it wasn't a routine. What'd you do on, as far as diet goes in those early days, um, early, early days? Well, I, I've always had, well, I wouldn't say always, because I guess when we were younger, we did eat like shit. No, but- <laughs> no, no. Here's, here's what happened. I corrupted this poor girl. You really did. She grew up in a home where her mother cooked and cooked healthy. healthy meals, We didn't man. have sodas in our house. We didn't have like junk. I mean, we would have snacks and stuff, but it was we rarely ate out. My mom cooked home-cooked meals, and they and were then- healthy. I was raised with healthy food, and then... Who you? <laughs> you met me and it's like, come to the dark side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You introduced me to Taco Bell and we would eat that every day after high school. Yeah. You remember that? Like, when you ran over the Jack in the Box sign? Yeah. Leaving the parking lot? Yeah. 
I had my license for like a month at that point. She spilled a drink in her at the cup holder. I was in the passenger seat. She was driving. She spilled the drinks in the cup holder, and she was looking down <laughs> as I was as she turning. was turning out of the parking lot onto the, this big road, and kept looking down while turning, and just hit the gas. We jumped a curb and ran smooth in one of those jack in the box signs that was huge it was like the size of the car and it said like two tacos for 99 cents yep and destroyed it yep it was like inside the car yep that happened mm-hmm. when we were about 17 yeah so anyway i gained a lot of weight when matt was in active addiction and when i even with with sydney i did but during when i started with my self-care i would start small with just cooking healthy it was not like a not, diet not even every meal though no like i'm gonna no. eat a healthy meal today right one of my meals will be healthy right that's a start right or i'm not gonna snack today or i'm gonna drink some water today like extra water today you know i didn't track everything um i know i had tried like weight watchers a little bit and it's up and down you know i wasn't ready for that or, or it would it, it wasn't sustainable um and then i would do weird diets with you because you were on like paleo. I tried them all. You tried all the stuff. And I was just like, eh, you know, I'm not, I just, I'm not ready to do this, but I would do it occasionally. You know, I knew that I needed to eat healthy, but it wasn't every meal all the time. I wasn't ready for that. Gentle self-care. Gentle self-care. It was gentle. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it was like dinner will be healthy tonight. This we will eat is some- an all or something. Yeah. All which or is something. what I learned in E2M. Yeah. This is an all or something thing. Which we'll get to in just a moment. Okay. Okay, cool. Where are we going? Um, I also worked on my spiritual um, self-care during those times. So this, all of this stuff took three to four years. I like that you framed it with the timing like that because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, obviously, we all want change now. Yeah. It's like I, I got to make some changes like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then so we sort of put on paper everything that we need to change and we try to do it all today. Mm-hmm. You're saying it's okay. It's okay to take the time. It's okay, and it's okay if this process takes years. Yes, it's it's actually I would say healthy and normal mm-hmm. that you're not trying to do too much that you know is going to fail. You're you're going to burn out. Caveat: there, there are some people that are at that stage because mm-hmm. we're talking to people that are obviously we're, we're talking to. We don't know. There's all different there's, stages, there, but, there we know the stages but we know thousands all the stages. But we know the stages. But there's some people that are at the point where they're like, "I'm ready to go hard." Right. There might be that's somebody okay. who's like, "I'm ready." That's great. Like, what do I do now? And then that's when, like, your your even your emotional self care can comes in come into play, where you're setting boundaries and you're giving yourself compassion and you're taking action with detaching and you're, you know, doing all these other things that are really really hard. Yeah. You might not be ready to do that if you're in survival mode. You have to build up that self-esteem first by doing things for yourself. What does spiritual self-care look like for you? Um, that would be my meditation and learning about the Tao. That was something that I, I was just huge for me. Um, I started praying. Um, I didn't do that for a long time. Um, and you really helped me in all of that. The spiritual stuff? Yeah. That was part of my... Because it was part of your recovery. recovery. And I was like, you know, why not? Why not? You know, and that's when I really started to get more in touch with nature, you know, with my panic attacks and looking at the trees the grounding and all and that, the grounding grounding and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, that's part of that. Uh, again, I practiced this all the time. I made time to do it because I knew that if nothing changes, if nothing changes, so I had to make a change. Yeah. And the spiritual piece I think is one that if we're talking spiritual self care, if you're a person that, you know, has a spiritual background, um, 
let's say that you grew up going to church or something like that. Like you, you know, the avenues to, to that place, uh, not just to church, but to a relationship with whatever deity you, be, you believe in, uh, whatever religious body you belong to. Mm-hmm. You can say a quick prayer if, if that's, that's peace to you. And that takes all of, I don't know, 30 seconds. Yeah. That's, that's a small, gentle start. Right. For us, we like started from absolute scratch, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolute scratch. And we've talked about this on an episode before about the importance of a spiritual life. I'm not saying anyone has to be spiritual. What we're saying is that it was really beneficial for us. I just thank the universe a lot of the times, you know? Yeah. It's, it, that's where I find my gratitude is in my spirituality. Yeah. It's, it's huge for that. It's right. huge. We have a total episode on that. If you want to go down that, I didn't want to go down that path too much, Okay, but it is important for self-care if that's what you want to, if you, spirituality looks like so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then therapy. So I did therapy once a week. Oh, I didn't say that I was on medication. Well, early on you were. I was Talk on, about that for sure. I was on medication early on um, for my anxiety and for my panic attacks. So I had two medications. And the only reason I got on these medications was because I needed to learn new coping skills. Um, I wanted them to be a bridge. bridge. Yes. So I, with, I took them with therapy, went to therapy for few months i don't it wasn't even that long and i decided you know what i'm gonna start getting off of these now and i got off of them but that was a form of self-care for me because i knew that i had to do it in order to get through what i was going through at the moment but i wanted to get off of them because i'm a i'm a skills before pills kind of girl yeah um and i'm grateful i haven't been on that medication for a long time but i had to change my brain in order to get off of those yeah it was an excellent bridge for you yeah and then um do you want to talk about the physical part? Sure. Let's get into it. And how we are totally different than what I we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who are ready yeah. to like really go hard, um, <laughs> we I started to work on my physical self two years ago. So that was like four years into all of this when my mental my mental capacity was finally there. And I was able to actually have something that was for me a program that was very structured. So that's when we joined E2M and it was exercising, um, meal plans, all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's a lot, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mentally ready for it. You know, if I was in survival mode. Yeah. I, um, took a slightly different path. I joined a CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when it comes to exercise at all, I encourage people to get involved with a community when it comes to your fitness. Because pain shared is pain lessened. It's no different than what goes on in the two folk community. I was going to say that too. So like my CrossFit box was great for that. Yeah. um, There were people there who were really encouraging and they motivated me. Uh, They, without realizing it, a lot of days they were my reason for getting out of bed Mm -hmm. was the accountability that was there kind Mm -hmm. of built in to the support system. It was, it was greatness. I did that for years and years and years. Then I kind of went off my own, did a bunch of other things. And then, yeah, I hopped on E2M with you for a little bit and I dabbled and I just Still kind of do my own thing, but yeah. starts, I, I was at a place where I was ready to make a change and I jumped in, I mean, both feet, just like in it. I was to the point where like I couldn't walk the next day kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was in that place, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I would have been ready that first year. Yeah. Not even close. Right. Uh, just like you wouldn't have been ready at some point when you're in survival mode. Yeah. So I just, I just wanted people to know, like be gentle with yourself. I mean, be firm, but be gentle, right? We're always going to 
talk out of both sides here. We're yes. going to talk about so be firm with yourself that you do need to make changes mm-hmm. um, and they can be small. So yes. be gentle when you could say they can be small, but be firm when you say I have to make some changes. Something has to give here. Mm-hmm. And so if you're eating three fast food meals a day, let's do two. Yeah. Let's try two. Let's try to eat a little bit better and have a conscious mind that we're we're gonna improve on this when we're ready. Yeah. I think there's a book called Atomic Habits. I don't know if you read it. Did you read it? No. I started reading it, um, but it was a little bit past where I where I was. Like I don't think it was beneficial for me in the moment, but I do think that our listeners might benefit from it. It just could be a resource for them. I've to heard check a lot of out. good things about it. I've actually had a discussion with the guy for like three hours, him telling me about the book. I'm yeah. Like, oh, this sounds totally right. Great. Right. We're just very like. You know, I took off my Apple watch. Like I don't track things. I don't Mm -hmm. do things like that because it was too overstimulating for me. I like to kind of go at the beat of my own drum, if that makes sense. And I think that we get really overstimulated with things that are on social media and we get triggered by people posting things and we're like, oh, we got to be like that. So we've got to stop comparing ourselves to everybody and what they're doing. Yeah. It's all a show folks. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to have all of these trackers. Like it is nice. We did have that. uh, What did we just put on our phone? For social screens media. In. Screens in. Yeah. That's a great, great way to to help with your mental I health. caught myself trying to open apps today like, yeah. like eight times. Right. I was like, what am I doing? It's yeah. so impulsive. Yes. Yes. I was more productive though. Yeah. It was it's great. I love it. And I'm not like I've said, I'm not a huge app person with stuff like that, but this one is amazing. Yeah. So shout out to the wheelie told us about that. Yes. She, thank she, you. She knows who she is. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Um I don't when it comes to self care. Self-care, a lot of times people will say, I needed to take care of this as a distraction. Okay. Or I needed to get away. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on self-care as a distraction? Um, so I think that distractions are good whenever we're in basically panic mode. So distractions for me would be grounding techniques, breathing techniques. Um, if you're having something that's like really triggering, then yes, you need a distraction to calm your body down. But if you're distracting yourself from the problems within your relationship or within your life by doing all these self-care things, it's almost like a Band-Aid, I guess. I would say that's when self-care becomes self-indulgence. Okay. Because self-indulgence is by its design, a distraction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to indulge. I'm going to be selfish for a moment, which is a good thing. Yeah. Good selfish. Yeah. I'm going to go get my... I'm going to go, I don't know, for me, like, what do I do? Um, I don't do a whole lot of self-indulgence. Do I? Uh, You eat a gallon of ice cream. I'll eat a gallon of ice cream. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't eat the whole gallon. They're actually, I think, half gallons. I'll eat almost a whole half gallon. (laughs) Okay, okay. But yeah, like, uh, it's not self-care. It's self-indulgence. I need distraction. I've been... You know, I take care of myself most of the time and I just need to get away. Time and place for that. Mm -hmm. There's time. There's yeah, it it is warranted. It's valid. There's a time and place for it. But don't get caught in the trap where self-care becomes like this over encompassing idea where you're just trying to distract yourself. Mm -hmm. Remember that self-care is getting us somewhere. It's taking us somewhere. It's growing us. It's getting us out of the situation that we're in mm-hmm. and focusing on the things that we can control mm-hmm. and taking care of ourselves again, yep. which is so needed when you're in a relationship where you are constantly focused on what everyone else is doing yeah. and what's going on with them and what they're going to, what decision they're going to make next. It is, uh, it's okay to be distracted sometimes, mm-hmm. but self care is a little different. These are the more difficult things. It's generally. very hard. Mm-hmm. More generally, I mean, generally I would say that's the more difficult stuff. It's not really always the fun stuff. Yeah. 
therapy's not always fun, mm-hmm. but you'll never leave a therapy session feeling like, well, that was a waste of an hour. No, but you will leave like, oh, you'll feel, shit. someday you'll, you'll leave feeling like, <laughs> oh my God, your head's just in a blender. <laughs> I mean, growth. there are right. days where you'll leave the gym and be like, that was torture, yes. but you are going to feel better mm-hmm. and you'll be proud of yourself the next day for it. You're not going to be proud of yourself the next day after you eat a half gallon of ice cream. Right. So if that's, that's my acid test, if I, if I can be proud of myself the next day, mm-hmm. then that was self care. If I look back on it and I go, eh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little indulgent. Yeah. But then again, I think that when it comes to like, I don't know, some people like I get my hair done. I need to get my nails done. Well, like taking care of your body. Yeah. I would argue that's kind of a gray area self care thing. Yeah. It's part of grooming. Yeah, exactly. It's part of grooming, taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Hygiene. Yeah, these are self-care things. Right. But mix that in with some of the more difficult stuff. Yes. Let's read a little bit. Let's right. let's um, go for a walk. Let's let's try to eat a healthier meal. Let's mm-hmm. do some of this little stuff that's not sexy, but you will be proud of yourself for later. The pride that you get whenever like truly feeling proud of yourself or doing something, taking care of yourself, yeah. is indescribable in those moments where you feel lost and you feel down and out. To take a moment to feel pride within yourself, mm-hmm. it, it almost reconnects you to this empowerment that was always there, but you, we kind of lose track of it. We kind of lose sight of it. It reconnects you and you will get fired up in those moments. Like mm-hmm. there is fire inside you. There yeah. still is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our um, our group, our support group is discussing self-care at the moment and we're doing our accountability posts. And, um, I think it's a great place for people to talk about self-indulgence as well, because like we said, with gentle self-care, like at the beginning, you're still going to be doing some of that stuff because you're starting to do self-care slowly and you're putting it in there just a little bit at a time. That's great. So I love to see there's a mixture of it, but I'll tell you this now, like Matt and I, we self-indulge once a week about yeah if you think about it like we do those kinds of things just once a week it's balanced for us the rest of the week we are pretty much well you know what maybe we do it like two times a week but most of the time we're really like doing the hard things to get us to you know to benefit our lives later on yeah absolutely and if if you've enjoyed this conversation if you've enjoyed our discussion here um the basis of a lot of this is inside of our course Yep, and we've heard us. You've heard us mention the course now. Uh, Independently strong, there is there are there are ten modules within the course. Mm-hmm. One of them is a module on self care. Yes, and in the self care module, we're going to cover the things that we covered right here. We are in offering depth. Yeah, in depth. Like you're going to get a full discussion. You're going to see Paige's lovely face talking about this. You're going to get worksheets. Um, it's excellent. It's and the doctor. Excellent. Yeah, the doctors perspective on all this stuff mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and then it's there's, wonderful. there's some exercises in there to help you keep track of what you need to keep track of so from now until we're going to say february 14th valentine's day yeah. we're offering that part of the course mm-hmm. as a standalone course mm-hmm. for 50 dollars mm-hmm. to get a module yeah uh you may hear some things referenced to other parts of the larger course that it came out of yeah but we're just talking about self-care here. Yes. Just self-care. Yep. So if you hear us mention something else, that, that's part of the other the other portion of the course. But I think it's a good introduction to get people uh, curious about what goes on in this course, which is life-changing. I mean, freaking life-changing. It truly is. It's a great course. But and like, I think it's really helpful, too. Yeah. I mean, I could talk all day long about self-care. Like, I, a lot of people don't realize the importance and the significance of it. And I just... 
I think it needs to be discussed more and it needs to be discussed in a proper way, I guess you could say, because on social social media, it's making us feel crazy. So I think it's great that we pulled it out and give everybody an option to go in there and work on it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think we're going to do a lot of this. I think it was just really relevant for the time of year that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've got this and we've got the self-care movement in the community right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just fitting that it's, it's available. It's out there. It's, it's a wonderful introduction to the, the entire course, but it's very specific to what we're talking about here, especially this month when it comes to self-care. Yeah. What is, what isn't, how to go about it. You know, what are some examples? How do I get there? How do I track it? Like all that stuff's included. Yep. And it's, give yourself grace, but remember nothing changes if nothing changes. Yep. Firm, but gentle. Mm-hmm. You can be gentle. You can make mm-hmm. some small changes and that is okay. Mm-hmm. Is If you're in survival mode, guys, these memes and this crap that these people post on the internet do not apply. No. They don't apply. No. Like that stuff that they just say, like people just say this crap because it gets likes and follows, but that well, is they not, get paid. they get paid or whatever, but that's not relevant to <laughs> no. what what our listeners are going through. Right. It's just not. No. It does not apply, Mr. Muscle Man. Nothing no. to do with me right now. You don't know no. what my life looks like. Have you walk walk in my shoes for one day mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. 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 So, Okay. I think that's all we've got. Yes. Is there anything else we didn't cover? I feel like we're missing no. something. No. I feel like when we shut this off and I go to bed, I'm going to be like the mom in Home Alone. It's okay. It's in the course. It's in the course. You're right. It's all there. Okay. So <laughs> if we did, it's in the course. It's excellent. And check that out at independentlystrong.com. All right. Well, thank you all for being here with us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.